Could you worship like that for three hours, church? What a blessing. I'm glad you're here this morning. My name is Luke, one of the pastors here at Holland Chapel. I want to speak to you real briefly about where Ashley and I were last weekend. We had the privilege of joining in with Pastor Aaron Johnson in Story Church in Northwest Arkansas, and it was a blessing. You know, they're, new, they're, they're in their new facility. We got to see that, and as Ashley and I were worshiping, we were looking around, and, and we thought, they just moved in, and they need a larger space. Church, God is doing amazing things there in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, 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 absolutely. God's good. He is blessing those efforts there. God is faithful, so we had a great time worshiping with them, giving him a big high five. It was all great. Well, as you know, we are in our series called The Ten. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the fifth commandment. So if you got your Bibles, I want you to go to Exodus chapter 20. Go to Exodus chapter 20. Before we get there, I want to share a little bit with you about what's happening here in the law. The first four, if we look at those as a whole, the first four deal with how our relationship with God is, how we should interact with God. So we'll think about it this way, that vertical relationship. Each of those instructions has to do with our communion with God the Father. From this commandment on is going to be how we deal with other people, these earthly relationships, okay? So in the fifth, we see the shift. And in the fifth is where all uh, the foundation for earthly relationships is laid, which is in the home. One mom, one dad, parenting children. So here's how I want you to think about the fifth commandment. I want you to write this down. It won't be on the screen. The fifth commandment, God is saying, respect authority. Respect authority. So if you've got your Bibles, go to Exodus chapter 20. We're going to jump down to verse 12. Now, if you weren't here the first week or so, remember that the couch is a, a symbol of how God is talking to the nation of Israel. Remember that the Ten Commandments are for our benefit, and God is establishing some rules, some regulations, some things to benefit his children. So basically he's saying, hey, go sit on the couch. So I'm going to sit on the couch as we're looking at the Fifth Commandment. So I want you to go to verse 12. This is what it reads. It says, honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. I want us to do something real quick as a church. Humor me. It's going to be awkward, but I want you to give awkward a big old hug. I want everybody to close their eyes right now. Can everybody close their eyes? And here's what I want us to do. I want you to think about your parents. I want you to think about them. Don't rush this. I want you to think about mom. I want you to think about dad. Or I want to think about... I want you to think about whoever God put in your life to raise you. Think about them. Spend some time. Go there in your mind. All right, you can look at me. If I gave you enough time, here's, here's probably one of two things that happened. As you closed your eyes, your heart it just smiled. Your heart was filled with joy because you thought about your parents and how worthy of honor they are or they were, right? Your heart was smiling. 
Here's the other side to that. Maybe when you close your eyes and you start to think about your parents, maybe one or both, your heart was grieved a little. Maybe your heart didn't smile. And maybe this very topic of parent-child brings up a lot of emotion for you. And we're going to get there in a, in a little bit, but, but you might be thinking, how, how am I supposed to do the fifth commandment when my heart is so broken over that relationship? There's a lot in the fifth commandment. We're going to do our best this morning to touch on as much as we possibly can in the fifth commandment. There, there is a lot here. Now remember, we're under the umbrella of God establishing authority. God is saying respect authority within the home. Why is this relationship so important? Why did it bring up so much emotion in your life, whether it be good or bad? Why did this relationship do, do that for you? Because the, the parent-child relationship is foundational, it's fundamental for all of life's relationships, for how you are as a person was formed within the home. The parent-child relationship is massive, and it carries with it a lot of responsibility, much of which you are feeling this morning. So yes, it brings up a lot of emotion. What God is, is saying in the, the fifth is respect authority. R respect the authority that I've ordained, that I've established. And, and why this is so in, in important, mom and dad, listen here. It, it's because if we establish authority in our home, then our children will respect God's authority. And if you have children in your home, you know that this time is brief and it's short. And while we have them with us for a little while, it's a really important responsibility. It's going to be on the screen. I, I don't, forgive me, I don't know who quoted this. It's not mine. I can't take credit for it. It says, God has children. Look up to parents for a time so that we might see far beyond them to him. You see, within the home, so much is based on this relationship. So much happens with, with inside the home that moms and dads, if you elevate the authority within your home, good reasoning would tell us that your children will grow up and obey God. And the opposite of that is true. If there's no authority in the home, we're going to get to this a, a lot later, if there's no discipline, then why would your kids obey God if they're not obeying you? So much happens in the fifth. There's a lot of weight here. And I want you to feel the tension of the parent-child relationship. There, there's a lot going on there. But as with each commandment, we've looked at the New Testament. How, how does Jesus view the law? How does Jesus enhance the ten? Remember what Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law, I came to fulfill the law. So with each commandment that we look at, we need to look at the New Testament to see how Jesus elevated this one. If it's so important, if God establishes authority, what does Jesus have to say about it? I want you to go to John chapter 19. Go to John chapter 19. Before we get there, I want to set up the scene for you. At this particular point, which we're going to read, Jesus has given himself up on the cross. He's, he's nailed there. The majority of the torture is over. 
And here's what we see Jesus do on the cross. I'm going to read in verse 26. It says, when Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple he loved, he said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, here is your mother. And from then on, this disciple took her into his home. I want you to understand completely what is happening here. If you were to read verse 28, it said his mission is over. This was the last thing that Jesus did on the cross. What's happening right here in entirety of Jesus' ministry, the Pharisees were trying to trip him up. They were trying to, to paint him in a bad light. And what Jesus did here in his life's final breath was give honor to his mother. Did you see that? And here's what I do not want us to be afraid of as people of God when we read about Jesus. So many times we are, we are frightened to humanize Jesus. We think that's heretical. How dare you talk about him as a man? The Bible talks about him as a man. It's okay. We need to understand what he felt as a human. Was he God? Absolutely. A hundred percent. But he was a man. And in this moment, Jesus was obedient to the fifth commandment. In his life's final breath, he looked at John, the disciple in which he loved the most, and he said, John, I'm about to leave. And nobody is going to be here to take care of my mom. So take care of my mom. You ever thought about that? Jesus was the perfect child. And from what we can gather here, Mary was a mother worthy of honor. So much that her son, God, made sure that she was taken care of after he had left this place. What a powerful story of Jesus, even to his last breath, being obedient to the authority of God. Jesus elevating the fifth commandment. Jesus loved his mother and was obedient to God to the very end. So yes, Jesus elevated the ten. He lifted high the fifth commandment. Here's how I want us to make a shift this morning. For us to get a clear picture of the authority of God, we've got to look at several things. The first group of people that I want to address Typically, society speaking, are 18 and down. This is going to be on the screen for them. Or perhaps you're 21, still living at home, and your parents pay your rent, right? Here's what I want you to write down. Children, obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. This is where authority is established. This is a vital responsibility within the home. And here's what I want to do. I want to touch on the Old Testament real briefly. What would happen in the Old Testament? In the Old Testament, a rebellious spirit was not tolerated. Did you hear that? A rebellious child wasn't tolerated. Read about it. In the Old Testament, what they would do for that rebellious child is they would take them to the city gates and they would have them stoned. Now, a lot of you dads had a rough time this morning getting the kids in the car and you thought, I told you, the Bible says something about it, right? You're like, get in line. Now, moms and dads, that's old covenant. Now it's illegal. You can't do that. Even though many of you really want to. 
But I need you to understand something. Why is God so serious about the fifth commandment? Why is he so serious about children obeying their parents? Remember what we said earlier. That is a foundational, fundamental relationship where authority is established in the home, where children obey mom and dad so that ultimately they'll obey God. That's why he cares about it so much. That's why obedience in the home is valued by God because ultimately it points your children to him, the heavenly father whom they should obey. Ephesians chapter 6. 1 through 3. The New Testament emphasizes the old. It says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you. And you will have a long life on the earth. Any of you dads ever said that? If you want to make it to an old man, you do what I say. Huh? I heard that. Obedience should be valued in the home. Again, we're going to touch on this much, much more in a bit. But children obey mom and dad. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20. It's going to be on the screen, and here's what I want to do. It says, children, comma, all the children, let's just, let's just go 18 and down. If you're in the room, if you're a kid, listen up. Read the screen, okay? Children, one, two, three. It says, children, what? Key word there is always, right, mom and dad? You heard it in church. You're welcome. They said it out loud right in front of you. Children, always obey your parents. For this pleases the Lord. Even when you feel like they're unfair, absolutely. Even when you feel like they shouldn't do that to you and it's cruel, absolutely. Mom and dad know what's best for you. Obey them. God says it's what's best for you. That's enough reason. Be obedient. Children, do what mom and dad say. What I love about the fifth commandment is that it changes with us. As we're kids in the home, obey your parents. As we've reached adulthood, maybe starting our own family, it takes on a whole new meaning, doesn't it? The fifth commandment grows with us, and it changes the older that we get. So I want to speak to the adults in the room, not living under mom and dad's rule and reign. If you've hit adulthood, that first question or that first thought where we were thinking about mom and dad, let's talk about that trauma side for a moment because here I want to speak plainly with you. If your parents are worthy of honor, then giving them honor should be really easy. We don't have to talk a lot about it. It comes natural. But what we do need to talk about this morning if you were in that second category and you're really scratching your head on the fifth and you're going, how, how can I do that? How can I honor the fifth? Do, do you really know what my parents did? Do, do you really know the example that my father set? Do, do you really know how my mama used to live in front of me? And God tells me that I need to honor them and you're struggling with it. Let's talk about it for a second. I want you to write that question down. How can I honor my dishonorable parent, how can I honor them? 
and I want to clear something up. That in the fifth commandment, God in no way is asking you to subject yourself to physical abuse, to mental abuse, to emotional abuse, or spiritual abuse. He is not doing that. Did you hear me, church? The fifth commandment has been used by a lot of awful people to do a lot of awful things. And what I want you to understand is that the fifth commandment can be done from a distance. So if that's you, understand that you can be obedient from a distance. Because there is no stipulation given in the fifth commandment. Honor mom and dad if they're worthy. No, no. It says honor mom and dad. Give them honor. And and maybe for quite some time you thought, how can I do this? I want to do what God asked, but really? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. The first thing I want you to write down is how can I honor my dishonorable parent? The first thing is you need to offer grace and forgiveness. Offer grace and forgiveness. Let's look at Colossians 3, verse 13. Yes, it's a very famous verse on forgiveness, but I don't want you to breeze past this. It has context for you. Verse 13, it says, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive. What does it say, church? Anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. That anyone there means anyone, even mom and dad. Can you remember the first time in your life where you realized that mom and dad weren't perfect? Anybody remember that? It was jarring for me. It was like, they're not perfect? I thought they were. Maybe you need to hear this. You are a sinner and your parents are sinners. You are not perfect and your parents aren't perfect. And you need to offer them grace and forgiveness. Maybe they had no one before them to show them how to parent. And they did the very best they could. Maybe they fell prey to Satan's attacks and lived a life that was unholy. They need grace and forgiveness. They are not perfect. Yes, even your parents. Offer grace and forgiveness to them. That's one way to honor a dishonorable parent. Understand that they are not perfect. No one is. After all, church, your parents are human. Let them off the hook. The second thing, write this down, right? Give honor. How do I do that? That's, uh, let me explain, give honor. Let me explain what I mean. This one means that I can give honor to a dishonorable parent by not making the same mistakes that they did. How many of you, when you had children, said, I will never raise them like that? Anybody want to admit it? Had that thought? Yes. Because you know what that was like. You saw it with your own eyes. You experienced that. You know that that was not beneficial. So now you've made up your mind. I'm going to do things differently. That's one way for you to give that parent honor. 
is for you to make up your mind now that I'm not going to make those same mistakes. I'm going to elevate the things of God. I'm going to point my kids to Jesus. I'm going to live a life that's holy. I'm going to toe the line. I'm going to be different. That's a way for you to give your parents honor. Romans 12, 9 and 10. It's going to be on the screen. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. That's strong language. Hold tightly to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. So right here you have scriptural bounds to hate what is wrong. But on the very same hand, you have the opportunity to hold tightly to what is good. So you might be looking at your upbringing and you go, I detest that. That was horrible. I will never do that. But then also you can hold tightly to what is good. For many of you, you're probably going to the bottom of the barrel trying to figure out what it was. And maybe at the end of the day, when you've evaluated the way, uh, you've uh, evolved the way that you were raised, the conclusion you come to is that I'm here. They gave me life. Praise God for it, right? Find something. Sure, hate what was wrong, but hold tightly to the things that were good. 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. Now, in context here, this is Paul writing to Timothy. He was about 17 years old, about to take over a church. So Paul was building him up in his youth. But the context can transfer to you and I in our parent-child relationship. Be an example for your parent. Now, I don't care how old you are. Your parents are older than you, right? You're younger than mom and dad. So maybe, just maybe, church, the way that you live right now in your adulthood, the way that you conduct your marriage, the way that you parent your kids, the way that you love them, the way that you offer grace and forgiveness can point that dishonorable parent to Jesus. Would that not be a blessing? You can give them honor from a distance. This next one. Pray for them. Now, if we're being honest, church, this one can be the, the most difficult. There's something very intimate about our prayer life, isn't there? There's something very intimate about our prayer life that reveals the depths of our heart. And oftentimes, we're scared to pray for those that hurt us because we're afraid at what God's going to reveal in us. And so instead of dealing with it, we opt out of it. And we don't pray for them. And let me just tell you, prayer is far less about what it does for your parent and way more about what it does for you. Come to terms with it. Pray for them. It's what's instructed in Scripture, Luke chapter 6, 27 and 28. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. What's this next part, church? Pray for those who hurt you. What Jesus is saying is, I'm, I'm after your heart. Prayer changes you. 
What does God want to do if you start praying for those who hurt you? Luke chapter 6, 35 and 36. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will be truly acting as children of the Most High. For he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Aren't you thankful for that? You must be compassionate, just as your father is compassionate. Listen, how are you going to conduct yourself as a child of God first? Are you going to value the things that he values? Are you going to pray for those that hurt you? Are you going to lift mom and dad up? That's a way that you can give honor to those that you feel like might not be worthy of honor. Honoring your parents is not about your parents. It's about honoring and respecting the authority of God and what he's asked you to do. Will you be obedient children? Let's make another shift. It's going to be a question on the screen. It says, how can we be parents worthy of honor? Why don't you think about that for a moment? Why don't you write that down? We know that it's easy to honor parents that are worthy of honor and that we've looked now at scripture and we've talked about how can we give honor to those that are dishonorable. But let me talk to the parents in the room that are in the process of raising kids right now. It's the toughest job you'll ever have. Let me hear something. Amen? It's the toughest job you'll ever have. And here's what I, here's what I know about me. Cannot speak for you. But I want nothing more than to raise my little girls in a way that when they're 40, when they're 50, when they're 60, giving me honor is easy for them. That I don't parent in a way that trips them up. That I don't parent in a way where they're going in their, in their old age having to deal with my sickness. I don't want to. He was horrible. I want to parent in a way that makes the fifth commandment easier for my kids. Let's look and see how we can do that, moms and dads. The time is now for us to parent in a way that's worthy of honor. The first thing that I want you to write down is how we can do this as parents is that we need to treat our kids like the blessing that they really are. Let's talk about this for a second. You might thought that was a softball. Let's talk about this for a second. Our society wants nothing more than to devalue children. Our society says this about kids. They're a blessing only when convenient. And Christian parents are starting to buy into this culture. The kids are a blessing only when convenient. Listen, Christian parents, your children are a blessing. Do not listen to the culture. Your kids are a blessing. And I'm amazed at how much they watch, how much they see, how much they absorb. And they will pick up on not feeling valued or cherished by you. Now, I know this morning you might have sent that signal. Am I right? Am I right? Had a tough morning at the house. But they're a blessing. Let's look and see what Scripture says about our kids. Proverbs 22, verse 6. I'm sorry. Jumped ahead. Proverbs 127, 3. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him. Do you believe that, mom and dad? 
Their kids are a blessing. Parent them in a way without fail where they always know they're a blessing from God. Not just to you, but to their heavenly father. Do you pray that over them? I'm no perfect parent, but I try every night when I tuck my little girls into bed, I want them to hear their father say out loud over them, thank you, God, for giving me Brinley. Thank you, God, for giving me Laney. They're a blessing. They're a reward. Parents, make sure your children know that they are valued by you and valued by their heavenly father. That's a way to parent with honor. And when they are 40 and 50 and 60 and having to deal with your cantankerous self, they'll do it gladly because they know they're cherished by you. The second one that I want you to write down is we need to understand that you're That our children are our responsibility. Write that down in first person. They're my responsibility. And here's where we need to have kind of a straight shot conversation, mom and dad. If you don't train your children, the world will. If you don't train them up, someone else or something else will. And I don't know about you, but I'm not willing to throw my kid's life to chance. It's a humongous responsibility that we as parents have to rise up to, that parenting them is our responsibility and no one else's. It's our responsibility to shape their spiritual life. Don't don't outsource your child's faith. That's your responsibility. If you don't know how, if that frightens you, if that terrifies you, ask questions. Ask those that have gone before and done a great job. Say, how did you do that? Help me. Show me. Don't don't be intimidated. Learn how to parent your children. It's your responsibility. Nick and Grant and Mallory do a wonderful job here. Amen? Do a wonderful job here. But they have your kids on Sunday and Wednesday. What happens here at church should only be supplemental to what's happening in your home. Mom and dad, rise up to the responsibility. It falls at your feet. Parent your children. Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, direct your children onto the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. What a proverb is, it's called a life general in Scripture. That if we do this, then generally this will happen. And we cling to these in Scripture. That mom and dad, while they're in your home, do your very best to direct them onto the right path. So that when they're adults, they're following Jesus. That responsibility is yours. What are you going to do with it? And next, because we, we understand now, right, as Christian parents, that, that authority and obedience in the home points our kids to God, 
that, that we have to value discipline in our home. We have to value that. We have to elevate discipline in our home. We've got a generation that has gone crazy. And it's not their fault. It's mom and dad's fault. If you don't believe me, ask any teacher in the school system right now. And they will be begging you to elevate discipline in the home. Kids have lost their mind. We want to blame them. It's parents' fault. Because discipline has not been elevated in the home. Remember, mom and dad, this is the structure that points your kids to God. Elevate it. What does scripture say? Proverbs 22, verse 15. I love how it reads, a youngster's heart. (laughs) That's funny, right? A youngster's heart is filled with foolishness. All the dads say, amen. But physical discipline will drive it far away. Listen, I'm not going to tell you how to discipline your kids. I'm just going to let scripture be on the screen. However you discipline your kids, whatever your style is, is between you and the Lord. But what God is saying is put guardrails up in your home. Discipline your children. Now, Mom and Dad, I want to I sidestep just for a second. This is not for you to be a dictator. This is not for you to walk around with an iron fist. Look how well my kids behave. You know anybody like that? It's not about your pride, mom and dad. It's about you pointing your kids to Jesus. Will you establish, elevate, set healthy, godly standards in your home? And not just set them, make them toe the line. That's discipline. Now, no. Discipline, uh, it freaks a lot of people out. This is year 2023. We shouldn't talk about it, should we? God's word talks about it, church. Don't let discipline intimidate you. Don't, Don't let it. Step into that space. Beg God to help you in your parenting. I just wonder what would happen in our homes if parents really begged God Help me do this job. Lean on him. He'll help you. But mom and dad, set standards within the home. Draw a hard line. It'll point your kids to Jesus. The third and last thing here on how we can be parents worthy of honor is we need to realize that our kids are our followers. Mom and dad, if this does not scare you to death, you haven't read it right. This should frighten you in a good way. But also make you do a lot of self-evaluation in your parenting. Where am I at? What am I doing? What am I valuing? Let's look. Jeremiah 32. This is going to be out of the ESV, 17 through 19. Ah, Lord God. It is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show steadfast love to thousands, but you repay the guilt of fathers to their children after them. O great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord of hosts, great in counsel and mighty indeed, whose eyes are open to all the ways of the children of man, rewarding each one according to his ways. And according to the fruit of his deeds, 
this verse should frighten you, but also fill you with hope at the very same time. That generally speaking, your children will follow in your footsteps. Now, the real challenge. What kind of footsteps are you laying, mom and dad? Are they of obedience where you submit to the authority of God and that your kids submit to you? Or are you just out living your life however you wish and however you desire, not elevating the things of Scripture? Your children will follow. And I'm in my 30s, and I'll tell you right now, your role as a parent doesn't end. Doesn't end. It just changes seasons. How are you elevating the things of God? Mom and dad, cherish the things of God so that your children will cherish the things of God. Church, I want you to stand with me this morning. We've talked a lot about revival this morning. I'm so grateful for Pastor Keaton's heart in that. And I really do believe that God wants to do amazing things in your life. I really do believe that God wants to bring revival. How wonderful would it be if revival broke out in your home, moms and dads? If for the first time in a long time, your heart really pursued the things of God. And how that would spill over into the lives of your children. And if it fills your home, it will be brought here to this church and it will overflow here in this church. And then it would overflow from this church into the things of this community. Wouldn't that be a blessing, church? It starts with you in your heart, in your home. So here's what I want to do. After I pray, there's going to be an invitation to come down here. And I'm asking you to move this morning. As a step of obedience and faith and desire. And here's, here's, here's what I want. Whatever phase that you're in, maybe you're older in life and, and your parents now have gone on to be with Jesus. And you're thankful for them and the legacy that they have left. But remember, your, your job's not over. Would you come and pray in a moment? Maybe for your kids and your grandkids and all the young families in this room, all the moms and dads that are just trying to get it right, amen? Would you pray for them? And maybe some young families in this room, maybe you just need to give it over to the Lord and say, you know what, I've tried to do this on my own. I don't know what I'm doing but I'm ready to parent in a way that honors God. I'm asking you this morning, church, let me pray. And would you just come up here and offer prayers for families that God would spark revival in the home. Let me pray. God, we love you. Thank you so much for all that you do for us. Thank you for the law and this instruction that we have to honor our parents. God, we see how it goes much further than that. It's all about authority, your authority. Help us to value and cherish our parents, but also help us to parent in a way that's worthy of honor.
We're begging you to help us in that, God. Thank you for Jesus. We ask everything in his precious name. Amen.